Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. I am very, very pleased to have Level 1's very own Contra, one of the best hidden boss TOs. I, I, I hate saying this, but this is something that we can start off with Contra, is that in Melee, in the FGC in general, TOs don't get enough love. And I have had the pleasure of speaking to more than just a few of the TOs that help to run Melee events. You have run a lot of big ones that people have come to know and grow and love, all that fun stuff. But based out in uh, Pacific Northwest, it's so cool to have you on. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I I definitely see like a lot of people say TOs don't get enough love. It's a thankless job, and to an extent, I think that's true. But uh, maybe I'm lucky to say that I haven't really felt uh, all that unthanked or unappreciated in uh, my time as a TO. So. You know, I, I understand that's like sentiment, but I don't. Maybe I'm just a lucky one by thinking the way that I do. Is it also because you just emanate powerful authority when you yell at people to pull up their masks at Riptide, that kind of stuff? Um, maybe I do think. I mean, I've been uh, a loud person all my life, uh, for better or for worse, and uh, being able to summon that at will. Uh, when I'm TOing is is definitely a boon. And I don't know if it uh, makes people afraid or more respectful or whatever, but I use that power to great uh, extent in TOing. Yes, I think that that's something that's it's one it's one of the things that's up there in regards to making a TO successful, right? And we'll talk about mechanics of doing that or things that you find are either really helpful or undervalued, overvalued in regards to TOing. I'd love to pick your brain on it, but mm -hmm. I love hearing about origin stories. I love hearing about how people get into Melee or into Smash in general, but for you, how are you introduced to the game? Oh, I'll let you finish taking a sip right. of my bed. I'm just figuring in a talk for a lot this moment. Um, yeah, uh, I started playing in November ish of 2013 i was in high school still at the time i had just turned 16 so i had my license and i was able to like go to my friend's house more frequently and all that stuff with uh, a little more freedom so i got into melee uh it was right when the first documentary came out um and the whole evo drive was you know i saw that i was into gaming uh and i but at the time you know my friend group got super into it and we're practicing a lot and i was like oh yeah my i know about that wave dashing right it's cool and I, but i didn't really get into it all that much until uh i went to my first tournament uh or my first smash fest i should say uh and just being in an environment where uh you know obviously the game is so cool everyone is into it and everyone just wants to play regardless of anything else like all these people I would never interact with for any other reason, except we all happen to enjoy Melee. I thought that was cool. Uh, and then I started, I ran a tournament out of my parents' house uh, that was, it was supposed to just be for my friends, but I posted in the, the local Facebook group and, you know, Fat Goku came at the time. He wasn't uh, number one in Oregon yet, but he came. That's how I met Steven. And then, the number two and four players in Oregon also came. 
just on a whim. It wasn't a paid tournament or anything. They just wanted to play. Uh, and that was that was my first tournament that I ever ran. It was, it was called uh, Snow Time to Explain. Uh, and uh, it all, you know, went on from there. I uh, was more of a player for the first several years of, uh, of my involvement in the community, but I was, you know, every once in a while running a house tournament. I figured out how brackets worked just because it was interesting to me. Uh, and then the end of my senior year, like the second half of my senior year of high school, I started uh, a weekly in Portland called Melee at Epic, and it's still going today. We're actually, next week, we're hitting our six-year anniversary, which I'm really, really sort of proud of. It's nice to have something uh, that long-lasting in this community. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's the very beginnings. I've been around for uh, kind of a while, I guess, compared to a lot of people in the scene. Um, I try not to think about it too much, but I started playing before Zane did, and now he's just insane. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the summer after we started that weekly, uh, Aiden with Endgame TV said, hey, you want to run stuff? With Endgame TV, and uh, I said yes. So I was uh, running stuff for them pretty much since. Um, it's kind of there hasn't been any like formal announcement, but Endgame TV is uh, not uh, in service anymore uh, because Aiden is uh, retiring from TOing more or less. He keeps getting sucked into it by Ludwig, uh, but. You know, pretty much since that summer, uh, after I graduated from high school, I've been working with Endgame TV, running, you know, Don't Park on the Grass and Emerald City um, and Flatiron and just, you know, really fun tournaments uh, in the community that I'm really proud to have been involved with. Um, and besides that, people have been asking me to help with uh tournaments that i haven't you know really been directly involved with the the like high level planning of like main stage they asked me to help and they did pay me also it was it was a job but uh that was nice and it's 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 been cool to develop this from like a fun high school hobby that i sort of was kind of into into like uh, a career and a passion and uh you know i live with people who i met through the smash community my partner is someone i met through the smash community i have a job like a like a day job thanks to my connections in the smash community and my experience running tournaments uh so i i don't know i just think it's real special to have something develop like that grow from sort of uh, uh, humble origins, I guess, I'd say. Totally grassroots. And it reminds me of hearing different stories. I've, I've had Matt.Zeb onto the podcast. I've had Aiden onto the podcast. There's a certain amount of they're doing it because they want excuses to have friends over to the house, at the parents' house, to play Melee, to host an event, just like a, a house fest. And then eventually you start saying to yourself, wow, we're too big for this bar. We need like an auditorium. <laughs> It's yeah. really cool how it, it, it's not that way for every single TO out there, but if you continue to do well with the with the size of the tournament that you have 
eventually, if you continue to let yourself go down that path, it seems like you can learn how to do just about everything. I mean, the same thing for Juggle Guy, also a friend of the podcast. It wasn't, it wasn't the big house as we know it now at the first time round. It was that momentum building aspect each year. It just got bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, um, this is a kind of a, a deep cut, but there's a Cora A gaming video about uh, how to run a tournament. I think it's just how to run a tournament. And uh, he has Jabaley, uh, Alex Jabaley, the CEO TO on. And Jabaley says, no one is going to run uh, a giant tournament for the first tournament ever. Everyone starts from, you know, their couch or their local bar or their college or, you know, something, their dorm. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that just goes, like, that says it all. No one, no one starts from at the very top running enormous things. Even Jabaley started it on in his living room. And so for you, now that you've gotten to this point, there are a couple of different options. There is the Aiden path where you get sucked into a big omega-sized Twitch and YouTube, now YouTube streamer, and you just have to run events anytime they tell you to. Or you could do the Juggle Guy thing where the big house is its own operation where the really big event happens once a year, and then you go from there and do the daytime, daytime job stuff. Otherwise, there's also the Genesis idea it's the same thing where sheridan bobak other people who are really involved and actually shout outs to your partner jade who's also a friend of the program helping out with running that event and as well as nathan sandwich for for genesis 8 specifically but it's really cool because you can do a couple of different things but it sounds like you've already found a place where you feel fairly comfortable and you like where you are now or am i reading wrong do you see yourself wanting to tackle something that you can say is entirely in your name with level one game or is it level one gaming or is it just level one by the way uh, level one tv i think is level our official TV. like full it's kind of a uh homage to endgame tv all the the people involved with that all the founders were originally endgame tv like lead staff senior staff whatever um and we you know and aiden was saying hey yeah we're gonna close the book on this Good luck, everybody. And we were like, okay, well, we want to keep going. So we started uh, our own thing. But to get back to your point about, like, is this where I want to be? Am I, like, good cruising? I, I like running locals. I think running locals is uh, the most, like, safe, reliable way to engage with the community in a really personal way. And um, as a TO, it gives me a chance to try a lot of things. I've tried a lot of different formats that I'm, you know, optimizing for uh, the competitive players that want uh, their matches to mean something versus the uh, newer players who don't want to just go to and then go home. Um, and just like trying different things is a lot of fun. But at the same time, you know, since I was a kid in high school, I've wanted to run uh, a homegrown like grassroots major or like large regional in Portland. And there's development on that, but it's really, really hard um, to do, you know, all on your own, especially I feel like a lot of uh, majors and regionals have the benefit of being uh, at college campuses. Uh, and that's just like, it's, they're always have 
giant venues with all of the things that you need. And it's usually at a price point that's much, much lower than uh, like a, a hotel ballroom or um, a convention center. Um, and I didn't, I never had that advantage. I, uh, after I graduated from high school, I did a year of college, but it wasn't for me and I stopped. Uh, and I, I don't regret doing that. I, I kind of have a whole, I could go for hours about my attitude about college and how I think it, how I think it is. Uh, I didn't that's even bother going. Thing. I didn't even yeah. bother going Contra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just... it's not for everyone. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I don't want to announce anything. I have nothing that's set in stone, but there, there are things in the, in the works for, uh, Portland that I think are going to be exciting if they come together. That's really, really cool. And I love the whole locals aspect because I think I was getting this impression just a little bit from not that I deep dive too heavy, but you you might know Johnny Gamble, uh, Johnny Gumball from PGH as a is a patron of of the of the podcast here. So when I said we're getting Contra on tonight, does anybody have any questions or topics? Uh, Gumball spoke right up, said that there there's a couple of cool things that you've that you've experimented with. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to hear about this quadruple elimination tournament. I also asked Jade about this as well. There's a picture of you and Sheridan, I believe, and Sheridan's a friend of the podcast as well. Uh, four, four brackets on a on a whiteboard. Am I looking at that right? Yeah, um, I don't remember what the occasion was, but uh, one week, Sheridan uh, a few years back moved to the Portland area. He lives here with his partner, doctor girlfriend is Sertag. She used to play a lot of melee. Not so much anymore, um, but they they live together uh, in Portland, and and so Sheridan comes to my locals, and sometimes we like to go into the lab, uh, and this is one <laughs> of those times where uh, I was like, okay, what if we did quadruple elimination? Here's all this, and we sat in a Discord call for like an hour and a half the night before, and drew it all out, figured out how. Uh, Double losers and the shadow realm worked. Uh, <laughs> and I said, like, to the, I, I don't know if it was Facebook or whatever at the time, but I posted in the community forum, said, Hey, we're going to do quad a limb. Um, it's like a dollar and it's capped at 16. So get in while you can. And then uh, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of messy, but it was, we got there and I think people enjoyed it. I'd, I'd love to run it again, but it's, it's, it's so hard and I feel like easy to mess up and, but I, I'm still chasing the white whale of the um, quadruple grands reset into win. <laughs> uh, I, that would just make my life. I think. All you uh, need yeah, to that, do is keep was... running it. You, you know, you got to, gotta i mean get the smash gg support i guess whiteboards it's hard to go back to that when you're so used to smash gg or at least i feel like i mean you use that for your locals right yeah i actually um i my day job is at smash gg i work for smash gg the support team so i'm like deep in the sauce yeah i would say i'm um probably one of one of like 20 people that can say they are uh uh 
like a like a PhD in Smash GG. I'm not a developer. Those would far exceed my knowledge, but uh uh you know, I know how to how to trick the site into working the way yes. you want it to. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh no, but I double elimination, you know, there's no reason to there's no demand for triple or quadruple elimination on the Smash GD, so I'd be surprised if they implemented it. Uh, and I can't think of a way to finagle that into working. There, maybe you could do, there's some, I'd have to think about it another time, but <laughs> I think whiteboard is the way to go for if you're going to do anything beyond double elimination. So just just throwing an idea did you think what i was thinking which is you have two events for the local two double elimination brackets and you just figure it out from there in order to do quadruple elimination it's it's a little more complicated than that because for double elimination um how losers bracket works is since you have to eliminate some amount of players each round of losers uh the pool has to decrease at a specific rate uh and to accomplish that uh the pattern for a loser's bracket is if it's a perfect bracket of of a power of two 32 or 16 or whatever then uh the first round of losers is everyone is playing someone who just lost in winners and then the next round of losers is everyone is playing someone who just won in losers and it rotates back and forth all the way up until you get to losers or grand finals uh and the same is true in a way uh, in double or in triple and quadruple elimination, where uh, the player, the like the first round of the fourth level down, the bottom level of losers, we call it the shadow realm. Yes, that's uh, perfect. <laughs> the bottom level is uh, uh, two players that just lost in double losers bracket, and then every subsequent round all the way for like four rounds in a row you're playing someone that just lost in doubles losers uh and in doubles losers it's the same thing it's uh uh the first round is you just play someone who two like two people are playing that lost in losers and then the next round is someone who lost in losers and the next round is someone who lost in losers and then you play someone who won in doubles losers so you're it's you have to um keep this pattern going uh, in like a telescoping way. If you zoom in on one of the pictures, you'll see that uh, the shadow realm is a, like a, it looks like a telescope almost in the, in the bracket path. Um, and that doesn't really work if you just stack two double elimination brackets on top of each other. Gotcha. There's almost a, like the percentage is not actually matching the result that you see on the screen. That's the best way that it ca I can make it make sense in my brain. It doesn't zoom in properly into the shadow. Yeah. Room. Yeah. Like, uh, winner's bracket, um, any, any given winner's bracket, like if you had the winner's bracket from the secondary like below main bracket bracket is still it's still a winner's bracket where everyone that progresses is playing someone that just won a round um so it doesn't really work the same if you want to try and do quad limb using a double double limb i don't think but there is I'm, i have an idea of a way that might work but I, it's tricky i'd have to do some tweaking so when Fat Goku won from losers, it wasn't winning from the 
double or sorry the triple losers or the shadow realm it was truly just around losers winning the yeah quad limb bracket that you ran that one time <laughs> yes he he just didn't he lost once and then won all the way up through losers and then oh god i didn't even remember this <laughs> but uh you know how um grand finals of a normal double elimination bracket there's one player that hasn't lost yet and there's one player that has lost right the same sort of like grand finals style set is happening at each level of losers oh, no. so the <laughs> the winner of the shadow realm bracket the person who beat all the other people their like their record is probably five and three at minimum <laughs> yeah. right um uh, it could be more uh they have to play the person who won double losers bracket and then the winner of that set plays the person who won losers bracket and then the person who wins that set plays uh the person who won winners bracket for grand finals so there's like four levels of grand finals leading up to actual grand finals it's very convoluted and that's why um, you want to see the run hopefully someday yeah, I want someone to lose winners round one and then lose losers round one and then lose uh, double losers round one and start at the very beginning of Shadow Realm and go all the way to the end and win it all. That would just be incredible. I feel like and this it, it might be a little mean for me to say that that person could be axed because that's the person who I'm thinking of as, as an example of someone who's losing early and winner's side earlier than they ought to anyway. No, wait, wasn't that winner's round one at Riptide or winner, winner's round two where he lost to, I want to say the tag of the player is Secrets. I can't recall off the top of my I head. I think that rings a bell. But I don't know if it was Rampage and losers all the way up to, all the way up to top eight and just like, just completely destroying the bracket. But that would be someone who loses earlier than they should. And then from there, you can just kind of teeter into double losers, maybe hit the shadow round by the time you get to the final brackets. Yeah. I mean, for someone like Axe uh, to start at the beginning of Shadow Realm to go all the way to the end, they'd have to, how would it have to be? They'd have to have a, a hard round one in winners, which is totally reasonable. And then play through two more people and lose to two more people who lost already, but are also still able to beat Axe. So that number of <laughs> the people who qualify for that. It's a pretty like, small list. <laughs> you'd have to, I think, rig the bracket pretty heavily, <gasps> but I, I think it's doable. How? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Summit 13. That's the next one, right? Is yeah. this... The side bracket we've all been waiting for. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say something maybe a little crazy. Mikey, if you're watching, I know you work for BTS. Uh, instead of the current summit um, format, what if it was just quadruple elimination? Imagine. An idea. An idea. Imagine. The, the content, the value of the sets, it would be just out of this world, I think. Seed acts to play Mango, Wizrobe, uh, let's see, maybe Leffen perhaps, to, and then is in the Shadow Realm, but then play against people like Zane, Ginger, 
and <laughs> But then people. Zane would also have to be sent to the Shadow Realm. Oh, you know what? You're right. Zane's not going to <laughs> down to the Shadow Realm in any that's world. It. There's no world where Zane loses three sets to go down to Shadow Realm. You're right. Yeah, that's and then uh, and then loses to Axe. Like that's hard. That's a hard situation to set up. But the minds of BTS, I think, if anyone can do it, it's it's the it's the skilled brains over the that. cheat. Yep, that would be so cool. Yes. <laughs> So the other one that Gumball was mentioning was this, the idea of, and this, this apparently went well, although I, I don't know nothing, nothing about it. I don't know anything about it. I'd love to hear from you how it went. The, the idea of having an Oregon PR player coaching a low level, mid-level player throughout a PR season. Does this sound familiar to you? Um, that was an idea we had. Uh, we never executed it. We, we had, um, he might be thinking of, uh, uh, the intramural league that I set up a few years back. Um, that was basically like everyone signs up. And then once everyone has signed up that wants to play in this league, uh, I assign each or I split everyone into groups of like, I divide it into round Robin groups and assign groups based on skill level. So like, uh, I think the second season we had uh, five players per group, and so the the highest level was five players on the PR, and then the next level down was like five kind of cusp PR contenders, and then the next level down was uh, you know people that have been playing for a while, pretty good, like mid tier mains were in this group, um, and then you know newer players, and then super duper new players. Uh, and each group represent or each player represents their team. Uh, so if there's five levels, then, or sorry, if there's five players per group, then there are five teams and each team has a, a player in each group. So you have this, like, um, you know, I think Steven's team, Fat Goku's team was, uh, uh, tiny planet fitness. Uh, and he would uh have all these players in his group that were lower level than him because he was the best player in the state um and they could ask him for tips like oh i'm gonna play this chic main coming up like what do you do against chic um or you know let's practice and then throughout i think they were two month seasons uh they would play out all these matches complete a round robin and then we would score each team based on their players performances in the group um, and I think it's a really, that's, I still think that idea is great. And I, I hope to come up with a way to streamline it a little better, but, uh, the problems that came up were, um, not everyone wanted to, I tried to force people to play the sets in person, even though net play was possible. It was before rollback, but people were still down to play on net play. Um, and it was hard to get you know, specific people at the same tournament before the end of the season. Um, so that was like, sometimes just matches couldn't happen because of scheduling. Um, and also it's hard to motivate people to like try for sets that have, uh, little stakes. Like it wasn't a paid thing. I didn't want to make people pay or I, I didn't want to pay out, um, like a cash prize 
uh, because the results are so dependent on your team. And I didn't want to like, people aren't signing up as a team. I'm assigning people to teams. Right. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if that's what Gumball was referring to. Um, but it's similar to, to like a, like a top player coaching someone for a season. No, that's probably probably what it was. Uh, not okay. super specific. So it's really cool to hear because these are sort of I, I mean I've never heard of Quadalim before, but as soon as I heard, it, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, or 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 even the uh, the the concept of I the TO knowing everybody here, I'm going to assign players to other players to help each other along. And obviously, mainly it's the higher level player helping the lower player level player along. But even still, I feel like I don't know when you when you have a certain amount of experience and you get far enough, the cynicism starts to creep in a little bit. It's always nice to see somebody else come along who hasn't been battered down by the realities of the world yet, being very optimistic. And you just, you, you remember, Oh, I was there once. This is something that yeah. can kind of re-embrace again for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, to a degree there is like, like top players, they, it's it's hard to feel like you're not wasting your time if you're playing someone that you don't even have to turn on your brain at all to be. You can just sort of like completely autopilot. You could play any character in the game, and you know they just don't have the same uh, experience or understanding of the game. Uh, but yeah, I think you know breaking it down to everyone at the base level, everyone that plays Melee competitively likes the game Melee. So, you know, if you can just embrace that, then I think you'll, you'll go a long way. Before we get into the next question from the next person who I, I gauged for, for, for questions, I'm curious about, you said earlier it took you more than just a few months or a year to get really into TOing that you were more of a player at first in particular, you liked having your house fests, but it didn't lead to where you are now as quickly. So I'm just curious if, if that was mainly because you liked the idea of becoming a better player and you wanted to focus on that, or was it because, and, and you made it sound like this at least a little bit, that it was never kind of pulling you in super hard. You liked things about Melee in the community, but you weren't maybe like at a high level obsessed with it and wanting to like put it into like your life at every waking moment? Yeah. Um, in high school, I, 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 I like never consider myself all that competitive of a person. Um, I was like pretty good at sports growing up. I, I was pretty good at baseball. Um, but I like at a certain point when all my teammates started really, really wanting to win and like trying really hard. And whenever we lost, they were upset. I was like, why? that's not, that's not fun. I want to have fun. Um, and that kind of transferred into like when my friends at the time were getting into melee and we were also, they were trying to get into competitive, like fighting games, street fighter and stuff like that. Um, I just like, didn't really see the appeal. I thought it would be more fun if we like played games together, like co-op games. I, I still really like teams a lot more than singles in some ways. Um, but, you know, I watched the documentary and it, it was all about like the community is so cool and like look at all these storylines. Uh, and it really it sort of sparked something in me that uh, made me realize like, oh, like it's cool to see 
people strive to improve and strive to be the best uh, against other people who are also thinking the same things. Like, you know, in anime, there's always the main character wants to be the best. They don't really go into the, the psyche of their opponents, but you have to imagine those same thoughts are going on in everyone else's heads. They want to be the best too. And I think that sort of clash of egos in a way that we agree is like, this is the way we're going to compete is cool. Um, so when I first started, I was like, okay, I, I think improving at things is cool, practicing, seeing like marked growth, and then comparing to your peers. That's, that's the thing that I like. Uh, and that's sort of where it started. Um, I, I started thinking about like, oh, you know, what is the best way to compare yourself to peers? Is it placement? Is it who you be? How do brackets work? Uh, and went from there. Um, but, it, you know, I always had this like mindset of I want to improve. I want to see, you know, how far I could go. I, I want to meet this goal. Um, but most of, you know, most of my motivation was seeing people that I liked, like the community was just cool. Um, and then I didn't really feel the urge to like run a ton of tournaments until, uh, that group of friends, we went to, uh, our first major, which was MLG Anaheim 2014. And, uh, if, if anyone is aware, listening, that tournament was, uh, terrible, terribly run. Hor horrible experience for all the players, in my opinion. The pools were scheduled to start at, I think, noon or something, uh, and they did not start until 6 p.m. So wow, yeah, it, it was it was a it was a huge mess. Um, and I think the community at large thinks back on that tournament, thinking, "Oh, you know, there were such cool sets. Uh, Axe beat Hungry Box for the first and only time." thus far and like mango one that's so awesome but uh the player experience was was terrible just abysmal uh and i was th i remember thinking wow uh i just drove a thousand miles with all my friends i spent all the money that i've earned from this like after school job um and i could have run this tournament better and i i don't run tournaments <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so I, I started thinking about that more and uh, helping out at the locals that were happening in Oregon at the time. Uh, and uh, I kept every year, every December, I would run um, another iteration of Snow Time to Explain um, until I graduated from high school and my parents sold the house, so I didn't have a venue anymore. Uh, but, you know, it, I was just like, yeah, this is, I want to see, this is the best way I can create an environment where I see, you know, all the people I want to see and I get to watch people face their demons, meet their goals, get motivated. That's the part that I really like. And um, over time, like, I wanted to also keep competing and improving on my own, but uh, I started getting really frustrated with it because I was spending so much energy, like, helping running tournaments or it was just my own tournament that uh, I didn't feel like I was performing to the level that I wanted to or I could have. So I, was, I just, like, there was a point where I decided, okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to take competing seriously. I'm, I'm not going to enter anymore because I'm just going to get frustrated. I still play, like... Net play pretty frequently. Um, Dubs. Oh yeah, we there's a 
organ discord that is constantly itching for dubs. Awesome. Um, but, you know, competing is just kind of not my bag these days. And it's hard to keep up with the some of the things people do these it's crazy it's just crazy super crazy contra i have so many questions okay but with so little time uh all right so we have to go into this a little bit i I would say this sort of goes along the theory of how good everybody has started to get especially since you can play slippy and it's on demand melee essentially usually somebody's there out there on unranked and recently unranked has been a positive experience for most players you know the, the the blurs of the world aside because you get matched with players to your level and you feel like that's this very competitive i don't have to search for players like this anymore it just happens a lot faster really cool stuff all that to say when the me- when the melee documentary sorry the first one smash brothers in 2013 comes out you sort of get the impression that all the players that are playing to a certain extent, have enough time to be people outside of Melee. Even Ken, who traveled around the United States with Isaiah, and they would play doubles and singles bracket at all the different MLG tournaments, at all the tournaments that were either small house fests or sort of big, kind of like the the, the Melee FCs of the world that are willing to offer a big enough cash prize to sort of draw Ken and Isaiah out because that's how they made money for a little while. Or yeah. PC Chris, who's that skater guy who breaks his thumb and decides <laughs> to play Melee and it all of a sudden sort of accidentally became one of the best players in the world. But nowadays, you show Melee to somebody and they go, wow, that's so sick. So like, uh, how do I get into it? And you go, well, you do have to play against players who have been going at this for 15 years. So good luck. Yeah. Do you feel like Some that of them. Is, it a, is an intimidating factor? I feel like I feel like it's yes and no, but wh- what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, there's no doubt that it's like it's it's hard to motivate yourself to like say, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go destroy my ego by practicing for hours and hours and hours, and then still get destroyed by these people who have orders of magnitude more experience with the game. And, you know, I just have to play catch up. Um, But that said, you know, when I first started, it was already a pretty old community, at least a decade old. There were people that had been playing for years. Um, But there was no, you know, there was no 20XX uh, training hack, or what is it? The Uncle Punch training mod. There was no uh, SSBM tutorials. There was no pretty much anything like no one was really making a living at all even the top players off of melee um and there there was no like structure to improving net play was terrible if you wanted to play with other people you just had to hope someone was hosting when you were available and that you could go to their house and play with them and that they would help you but that wasn't even the case sometimes you'd go to their house and they just you know beat you up and talk shit the whole time but now now we have all these things we have slippy on demand you can pay for coaching um on metify or whatever there's the uncle uncle punch training mod there's streamers or top players are streaming you know 30 hours a week 40 hours a week playing melee you have a ton of content to watch and learn from take notes so i think Getting to what I would call the competitive floor, 
the floor might be higher than it's ever been now, but it's easier to get there than it has ever been. Um, but at the same time, still, like, there's... If to someone that has never competitively played any video game, to start playing Melee is incredibly daunting, and I, I don't blame them at all. Um, and I don't really know what the solution to that is. It's just an inherent fact that Mango's been playing for 15 years. You cannot change that. <laughs> and yet you have to start somewhere. Okay, last question. Yeah. This is from Jade. Shout-outs to Jade again. Mm -hmm. What's been one of your favorite things or one of the biggest things that you have learned from Sheridan? Jade said that you love talking about this, oh. so I'm sorry to put this on you when we have three minutes to go, but just... just... I mean, we can go over. I, <laughs> I don't want to, like, be weird or anything, but... Um... At MLG Anaheim, I, I don't know if Sheridan would remember this necessarily, but uh, one of the people that was like trying to figure out how th the problem that happened, by the way, that caused it to be delayed by so much was they were using um, their own bra bracketing software. It was before Smash GG, uh, and Challenge wasn't well supported for events that size. So they just had their own thing. Um, and they had coded the bracket to a maximum of 256, which is uh, 2 to the power of 7, I think, 8. Um, totally normal number of entrants. And at the time, you know, it would be crazy, kind of crazy, to have an event bigger than that. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But they had 300 and, I want to say 80, 380 entrants for that. So uh, the bracket could not generate it literally didn't work um and they didn't i guess realize that until the day of the tournament um so i remember seeing um sheridan who was also this is a, just a fun fact he was the captain of the west coast melee crew when they did the east coast versus west coast cruise let's go <laughs> Uh, Sheridan was there and he was, you know, helping figure out uh, how to get around this. And I remember overhearing him like speak really intelligently about brackets. And I was thinking, wow, this guy is sick. He must work for MLG. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, I um, Sheridan's been to the Pacific Northwest a lot of times. He, he came up um, to something i don't remember what the tournament was but um i met him and he i was like running his pool or something at uh, a bigger monthly it must have been in seattle um and he was talking to me about like yeah you know tournaments are cool here's all this cool bracket stuff um and then uh when genesis 3 came around i knew him sort of, and I saw that he was TOing it. And I was like, hey, I'm a high school student, so I can't I can't miss school on Friday. I'm gonna fly in after school. Is there any way I can enter both singles and doubles? And he was like, you know how brackets work. I, I remember you. I'll let you I'll let you do that. Um and ever since then, like anytime I have a question, anytime I I you know can't think of of the math for something bracket related. I can I know I can ask him and he'll either help me figure it out or he'll just know the answer off rip. Uh and I think that kind of 
knowledge and experience is something that I really um, strive for in my TOing. And uh, I don't know, it's just, he, he's, he's someone even ignoring all of his contributions to the scene and everything he's done. I think, um, you know, I respect him a lot for, for just what he knows and, and how he directs his, his energy in terms of, uh, like TOing. I, I don't know. He, he thinks of everything and not everyone does that. We should cut it off there. I want to be respectful of your time, but um, I just thank you so much. Just know that I still have so many questions, so so please come back on sometime down the road and talk to me some more. Oh, as as long as you had a good time, of course. But Contra, uh, in case people want to find you, you can uh, outro us with uh, telling where the people can find you. Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter. My at is. Uh, a gross misspelling of my full name at C O N N R O K E L T, Conro Kelt. Um, you can also find some of the events that I'm involved with at uh, Level One TV. Our website is level1.tv. Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, where else? I mean, I guess I'm pretty much just active on Twitter. Yep. Um, if you are in the Portland metro area or Pacific Northwest, we'd love to have you at our locals. They're pretty much every Sunday. Um, I don't know. Go support Melee. It's a cool game. Go Melee. Contra, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.